everyone, this is Matt with another Overflow Pod. We are in our series on Daniel learning how to pray in a crisis. It's the last test in the book of Daniel that Daniel or his friends go through. And when you are in a crisis and trying to pray for help, you're not always thinking straight. It's hard not to be discouraged or depressed or fearful or even become overwhelmed with negative emotions. And last week we looked at what we need to do first in order to pray in a crisis, and that is to listen to God and to read his word and to hear what he has to tell us so we can begin to learn how to pray. It gives us a calming mindset on what, where we are to start in our praying in a crisis. Now, let's go right into the second way, and that is to focus our attention on God. Daniel 9, 3 in New King James says, I set my face towards the Lord God to make request by prayer. So Daniel, facing this crisis of being thrown into the lion's den, turned his face to the Lord. Because in order to focus on someone, you have to face them. You have to look at them. There's nothing worse than talking to someone as they do this. They start to play with something, watch TV or whatever, and it makes you feel unimportant. We know this instinctively. You ever talk to a baby and they talk back to you? You got to look them right in the in the face. With my kids, when they were growing up, when I say between one to seven or eight, uh, they would they would come over and talk to me, and I'd be if say I was on Sunday, I was watching football. They would grab my chin with their little pudgy little hands and turn all my cheeks and look right at me to say, "Hey, pay attention to me when I'm talking to you." And my kids would do this whenever I was watching football because they knew instinctively I was not giving them my full attention. See, everyone likes this, especially your wife or your husband. Nothing is worse than than my wife talking to me and I'm not even looking at her because I'm not really paying attention. I'm not really listening to her. Now, did you know that you can actually do this with God? You can. You can turn your face to God in prayer. Now, how do you do that physically? Just look up. God, I'm here. I'm ready to talk. I'm checking in for my three times a day conversation. You can go outside and look up at the heavens or, and stare up there. You can just look up. There's nothing in the Bible that says you have to pray with your eyes closed. Nothing in the Bible says you have to bow your head to pray. That's one of the ways to pray, but it's not the only way. People didn't always close their eyes. In the Bible, there are descriptions of prayers made standing, sitting, kneeling, or with their arms raised. Yet there aren't any verses that insist the eyelids shut during prayer. So you can pray to God while you drive your car. It's okay. I like to pray aloud to God because when I close my eyes and I think <laughs> and I start praying, I, go, I fall asleep and I fall asleep quick. I don't pray with my eyes closed and I don't pray with my mind or else I'll fall asleep even faster. We have such short attention spans and difficulty concentrating. Maybe try to pray by turning your face towards him. Keep your eyes open if you fall asleep. That's why I love walking outside and praying. I can see God's beautiful creation. I'm focusing on him. And in our attention-grabbing society with all the things vying for our attention, sometimes we need that focus. There's just too many temptations around us, and we don't focus on God, even in prayer. So if you want to pray a prayer that God hears, start by listening to him and then turn your face to him. Third, express your desires with emotion. When I want to ask God for something, I'm praying about it. 
God, I need this, whether it's a physical need, a material need, a spiritual need, an emotional need, whatever you are asking for God in prayer, express it with desire, with emotion. So many of our prayers are just cut and dried. We just say the words. We don't even know what we're talking about. We have these little things memorized. Like that old prayer, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. You know, do you even know the words of that? I mean, it's pretty rough, but it means nothing. It just, it's just words. It's not really anything from our heart. It's just something that we learned or we sit down and say, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Who talks like that to the nourishment? Bless the gift and the giver. There's no emotion. There's no authenticity. It's just saying the things that you learned as a Christian throughout the years, copying what other cool people say in their prayer. God doesn't care about how beautiful your prayer sounds. He doesn't care about the words. He cares about the emotions behind the words. I remember in college praying out loud when people would become new Christians, they didn't know how to pray. And so the rule of thumb was you copied what other people did and you repeated their phrases that everyone used. And I remember in Bible studies so the first year, I, I know I know I shouldn't have done this. It, it wasn't very Christian to me. But during prayers, I used to count the Christian cliches that people around me would use in their prayers. Like expressions like hedge of protection around me and stuff like that. I mean, what 19-year-old kid talks like that? But yet this is how we are taught to pray instead of just expressing your desires with emotion. Have you ever learned that you can say the right words in the wrong emotion and your spouse or your friend or your coworkers just don't get it? Of course. You can say all the right things, but you didn't say it with the right tone. What did you mean by that? They didn't know. Because of the tone of your voice, and so he's saying God is an emotional God. The only reason you have emotions, the good ones and the bad ones, is because you're made in God's image. Human beings have emotions that none of the animals have. And we have a whole lot of emotions because God is an emotional God. The Bible said God gets happy. The Bible says he gets sad. He's sad when he sees a terrible crime against someone, when he sees something done that hurts one of his children, when he sees war. God is sad when he sees what people do to each other out of selfishness. And the Bible said God gets angry. That's why you can get angry. You're made in God's image. The Bible says God gets jealous. Why? Because he only wants you to give your love to him. And when he sees it given going to somebody else, he gets frustrated. He looks down and sees all the stuff that we're doing. And he goes, I told you not to do that. And you're doing it anyway. It's going to mess you up. So God gets frustrated. Now, could God change it? Of course he could. He could turn us all into puppets. But God isn't going to do that. He wants, he likes to give us freedom. Have it your way. I'm not going to force you to love me. I'm not going to force you to do the right thing. God wants you to decide out of your free will to do that. You and I make selfish decisions every day and people get hurt. See, God is an emotional God. Jesus dying on the cross was an emotional scene, highly emotional. I mean, if you watch it, my, my, Middle daughter was at somewhere and she was watching it. And she's like, dad, I just couldn't watch it. It was so bad. I always thought it wasn't a big deal. You know, I it wasn't that big of a deal. But when I saw it, oh, 
I, I started crying. I couldn't watch it, Dad. I understood that because it's highly emotional. It was emotionally agonizing to God the Father watching his son die that way. But doing it for our benefit. It was agonizing for his mom and his brothers and his friends to watch it. It's an emotional thing. God is very emotional about you. God just doesn't go, oh, I love you. No, God loves you passionately, emotionally, deep, deep feelings for you. How much he loves you if you don't know or if you question it because your life hasn't turned out the way you want it to be or things aren't going well. And that's why you're in this crisis because life's falling apart. All you have to do to see how much he loves you is look at the cross and say, I'm willing to die for you. That's how much God has emotion for you. When I have such emotion and love for you, I want to, I want you to talk to me that way. Don't just do these little prayers and say these trite sayings. When I talk to my wife, I don't want her to just in an emotionless voice say, I love you. I care about you. I respect you. I don't want to see that. I want her to give me a big hug and look me in the eyes with, with eyes that are emotional and say, I love you. Like it's different. Tone makes a difference when you, when you make a request. If you were to say to your future spouse on a date, I'd like to marry you. What do you think? No, please. I want to marry you. She'll go, man, if that's all you got, forget it. If that's the amount of passion you're going to give towards me, this isn't going to happen. Man, that's why people go all out with these proposals. They get down on one knee, their voice is trembling, and they're so afraid and anxious and nervous and overflowing with feeling that they can't help but get choked up about a simple question because it's so much more than just a simple question. And if you can't say it with more passion than that, they're going to be like, is that all you care about me? Because we are people of emotion. Daniel 9, 3 says, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition. Pleading means to ask with emotion. It's not cut and dried. It's more than a mundane request. It makes me think about a story I heard. There was a kid and young kid who's, who's always wanted a Star Wars watch. Now, watches are kind of out of fashion, but he was too young for a phone. So he wanted a watch and he wanted a Star Wars watch because he saw one with Grogu on it and he was begging his parents. Mom, I want the Star Wars watch for Christmas. Dad, I want the Star Wars watch for Christmas. And he keeps going on and on and on every conversation, every meal. He's mentioning the Star Wars watch. And finally, his dad goes, John, we get it. If you mention this one more time, you're not going to get a watch. Okay? John, being the smart kid, he backs off. He doesn't do anything. About a week later, the whole family sitting at the table and the dad being spiritual, he says, hey, let me, let me ask you guys, what's your favorite Bible verse? Or what is a Bible verse you know? One of the kids go, John 3.16. For God so loved the world, because that's the only verse he knew. <laughs> His older teenager brother goes, John 11.35, Jesus wept. It's so short. I can memorize it. Okay. And then he goes to third son, John. What's your favorite verse? Well, my favorite verse, Mark 13.37, where Jesus said, I told you once, and I say it again, watch. <laughs> uh, I think the parents got the gist of uh, his passion for a Grogu watch. You have to understand the emotion in the pleading. Listen to the verse in Daniel in a paraphrase of the message. I poured out my heart, bearing my soul to God. That's like the emotion behind the sentence. 
Have you ever done that? Have you ever poured out your heart, bearing your soul to God over a request? This isn't wimpy, weak praying. This is gutsy praying. This is gut-wrenching praying. This is I'm pouring my soul out to you. I got to have help in this. I got to have help in my marriage or my child's health or whatever it is. I'm bearing my soul. Like that Old Testament story where Jacob wrestled with an angel. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, God. When was the last time you ever prayed like that? You pour out your heart to God when you are in deep pain. Is that the only time you pour out your heart to God when you're in deep pain? Can you do it in any other time? It's called praying with emotion. We have to start when we're in deep pain. That's why this is praying in a crisis. We start out crying out to God. And there are many examples of people of all sorts who cried out to God and God hurt their prayer. And there are many, many promises in the Bible about crying out. God doesn't just listen to complaints. He listens to crying out in emotion. God, I really need your help. Now it says Daniel, he was pleading. He was crying out. What's he pleading about? Because I want to go back home. I'm an old man. I'm 85. I spent my whole life serving pagan kings. I've done good. I've stayed true. I've kept my indebtedness. I've kept my integrity in a pagan world. I didn't deny my faith. I kept being successful. I'm a pretty influential guy in the whole kingdom of God, but I just want to go home. I want to die in my own country. His contemporary, Jeremiah, the other guy, his contemporary, like I said, had predicted that after 70 years, Babylon would fail, and then the people of God in Babylon would start praying and pleading, and God would let them home. Jeremiah 50 says, verse 4 and 5, This is his prediction. He said, this is my people will join together in tears. That's emotional praying, joining together in tears to seek the Lord. And they will ask the way to Jerusalem. Why? Because it had been 70 years. It's time to go back home. They will ask the way to Jerusalem. And the verse continues. They will start back home again. You need to pray that prayer for your own life. God, I've gotten so detached from you. I've gotten so busy. So distracted, I don't even know how to find my way back home to you. I haven't the slightest idea. I don't know how to get home to Jerusalem, but I want to get back home. Need to pray that prayer for your life, no matter what crisis you're going through. Our family is so out of whack, we need to come back to you. Some of you parents need to pray that for your kids. I got kids who are out there on the limb. I need to pray that they'll come back home. Some of you need to pray for your business. All of us need to pray for our nation. It's a message of hope. Now, when does God answer that kind of prayer? Well, notice that verse. It says, when my people join together in tears. You might want to underline that or write it down. When my people join together in tears, God says, I'm going to answer. Now, I got wonderful kids. And I usually, throughout podcasts, I bring up bad things that they do because it's funny. And I like to share my frustrations because raising three teenagers is never a good thing. It's never fun. But right now, they are at a camp, and I pray that God works in them just like with all the other kids. He was there at a camp just a couple weeks ago, and I was praying that. Now, does anything break your heart? Right now, what breaks my heart is seeing my dad. My dad is in the medical ICU unit. He breaks my heart. I can't even see him because he's in isolation protocol. I've never prayed so much or so hard to God. It's all my thoughts constantly. 
was able to go in and see him and he was miraculously off the ventilator. I went into his room and I talked to him. I was unable to hear his words because he hasn't, he hasn't drank anything in two weeks. He spoke to me as I spoke to him, but I didn't know if he completely understood me as I couldn't understand his words. However, the nurse told me that he would only say one word answers to them, but he spoke sentences to me and kept talking for many minutes, which was vastly different than their communication with him. So she believes he recognized me and understood. He had good eye contact and even rolled his eyes at something I said. He even got frustrated that I couldn't understand him or couldn't help him or couldn't give him that drink. The frustration was definitely his personality. His hands are wrapped up like mittens, so he can't undo anything like the one tube in his nose or get out of bed. Up close, he looks like he has lost lots of physical muscle. He definitely wants to get out of there. I tried to tell him to be calm and listen and just get better. He's not been cleared to swallow anything, so he hasn't drank anything for more than 10 days. His needs are provided by an IV and, and the NG tube. They hope to clear him for swallowing later today. And then he'll be able to drink right away with food coming thereafter. This is what, why I couldn't understand his words. As he gets fluids in his voice, his throat, his voice will return. I'm hoping he can talk to me next time I visit him. He's going to be transferred out of the medical ICU unit the next day as he was recovering. However, I received a phone call at 3.45 a.m. You never want to receive a phone call in the middle of the night especially with the hospital prefix 733 on it. He had an episode in the middle of the night. They had moved him out of the ICU unit, but they discovered a mucus plug in his chest, and it was so bad it was blocking his respiratory system, and he couldn't breathe, and he was unable to expel it. So he was brought back to the MICU, put back on a ventilator so he could be removed. This did not help his hospital delirium, which is getting worse. As soon as I think things are looking up, it fell back down. Will my dad make it? I don't know. Every day he's on a ventilator is, is not a good thing. But I'm going to keep praying to God in this crisis. Because that's what we have to do. What about you? Are you in a crisis? Maybe something's happening with you or your family. What do you see happening in our society, in our system? Does anything break your heart? You see all the stuff going on around the world? Does anything ever bring tears to your eyes? If not, it means you've pulled too far away from God. We need God's help. Our hearts can become callous. To pray in a crisis, we need to first listen to his word. Then we need to turn our face to him and pour out our heart's desires with emotion. I know you have desires in your heart. I know how badly you want certain things, but why don't you pray that way to God? Stop giving the rote prayer. Stop saying the Christianese that we just made up because it sounds good or we're just parroting things that other people say. Just pour out your heart and your soul. That's what God wants from you. Look to him and pray with emotion. Next pod, we're going to continue to look at how to pray in the crisis. And hopefully I'll be able to tell you that my dad's out of the, the MICU, but I don't know. Well, whatever crisis you're going through, I hope that you can turn to God in prayer because that's really the only thing we can do. So God bless, and I'll see you next week.